All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good afternoon, Real Life Podcast. We got a guest on this week, Norm Shaw, WHL linesman. It's the Real Life Podcast brought to you by our friends at Rig Hand Distilleries. Good afternoon. It's the Real Life Podcast coming to you from Little Brick in the heart of town. Chalmers just said, damn, it's cold in here. And I would say to you, Chalmers, would you prefer cold or boiling hot? Because we only have two settings. No, I take this. I like the sweater. It's For cozy. Sure. For sure. Your boy Wanye's here. Bag Milk's here. Greetings. Chalmers at Smigorowski's here. Hello. Nation Dan is here, not wearing a Las Vegas Golden Knights hat because he's switching slowly back to being an Oilers fan <laughs> to start the year. And we have a special guest today. Former NHL linesman turned stand-up comedian turned working with Ryan Smith on his hockey super league, Norm Shaw. That'd be WHL too. What did I say? NHL? Yeah, yeah. I, I wish I had made it. Oh shit. Well, you guys couldn't afford to, to have be a good fair, one. that W looks afford. a lot like an N. <laughs> <laughs> I made a mistake. I made a mistake. I'm sorry. Ever, yeah. You're a referee. Ever make a mistake? Yeah, never. <laughs> <laughs> So Norm's on the show today. We're going to talk about some stuff. He also has a comedy show on 88.5 CJSR called Comic Genius with a J. Yes. Clever. Yeah. I like uh, that. My, my former co-host, Lars Kelly, he thought it'd be great to do a visual joke on air. Genius. Yeah. That's how you get on, yes. the, that's how you get on the air Wednesday nights at midnight. You bet. That's right. You got you to ride the big ticket. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. 
But you walked in here wearing an Oilers toque, which I respect. Yeah, I want to talk Oilers. Oilers. Yeah. Yeah. It's that time of year. It is. There's a fall note in the air. It's September. It's only already snowed four times. It is. This has been the best start to a hockey season. I think everything is aligning for the Oilers this year. This is what I was thinking. uh, I went to the game at at Rogers. I swear for me, uh, preseason is my playoffs. Yeah. Right? Chalmers, think about this. You drank the Kool-Aid from the summer. Yeah. Nobody's disappointed you yet. <laughs> You've got all these project players that may turn out. You have no idea. Yeah. I swear I love the preseason. I do love the preseason too, but we were kind of disappointed last night. Were we not? not last night, yes. Yes. Charles, for God's oh, sakes, give me my first win okay, of the okay. year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Connor had 11 points. Yeah, no, it was fun. I love. I really liked having hockey on one TV and football yeah. on the other TV yeah. in the basement, yeah. and it felt really good. It did. And yeah, preseason is a fun time. Like, yes, let's ignore the, goal, the game last game that obviously we didn't. We didn't lose. We just didn't win. That game I went to. Yes. The other night, Connor McDavid. <laughs> I thought he had six points. My phone died because I tried to insta live, and the whole thing shut down. Thank you, Apple, and the ghost of Steve Jobs. But I thought Connor had six points, man. That was like one of legitimately one of the best games I've ever seen a player play, and it was preseason. His goal was ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah, it was. I was sitting at the. Uh, we were actually had hockey that night, and so we went to the River Cree a little early. Yeah, far hockey game, and we were sitting in tap twenty five watching the game, and we got there literally right as he scored that goal, and I was just like, that looks like mid season, like perfect Connor. Then all of a sudden he breaks in and makes that no look pass, which was sick to Nuge, and which was funny and the about the River Creek. celebrated even celebrated. though it was preseason oh, you want to talk and it was about... like embarrassed that he did but it was such a hot shit you want to goal. talk celebrated and you want to know what I don't know if I like this or if I hate this it felt really weird at the time but in tap 25 when they scored a preseason goal yeah. the sirens went off good the buzzer went yes, everybody was clapping it's I was looking playoffs. around going what the fuck yes, is going no. on in here to the moon baby it literally felt like a playoff atmosphere and I, what was it like a Thursday if it felt like a playoff atmosphere <laughs> yeah. If my eyes and my you. brain see Connor McDavid do a no-look pass to the news <laughs> and he scores and cheers, it's hardwired into me to cheer, Chalmers. I'm not some sort of cyborg that can just forget that it's... I, I cheered. I'm not going to lie to you. I was like, oh my God, that was beautiful and I was happy and stuff, but I just thought the, I thought having the buzzer go off and the sirens going off, I was like, this I is a know, bit... Man. This I cheered is, for those this is SO cars of... on the scoreboard for like eight years and their race of the intermission on the scoreboard <laughs> is like the highlight of the but night. But we've talked about too much pressure. I mean, fuck, we're literally... Like, that's the epitome of, like, too much expectation and why we get let down so goddamn hard. In November, when it's all gone to shit, then I will be mad. (laughs) But from now until November, this is my playoffs, and I can't wait. I'll enjoy it. Connor McDavid had it. When he scored that one goal, he accelerated past the Jets defenseman while gliding. Yeah. He wasn't even skating. And he accelerated past this full-on, I can't remember who it was, Full-on NHL defenseman. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, there's there's Mike Carmery's brother, Eric. He's a net for the Jets. Well, it's preseason. We'll be charitable. Good Edmonton boy, right? Connor McDavid lit him up like oh, yeah. a Christmas tree. It was unbelievable. It and was I'm like, unbelievable. This, this is preseason. It, it was, was good, fun. man. I was jacked up. I love that place. It was fun. I may have had $3,000 worth of beers, which is three in the new arena, by the way, but... Uh, it was good so game. you left that place jacked up for the season. Pumped. I left. I went into my dressing room and was like, "Boys, this game is awesome!" Like, yeah. and I was jacked for the season. So yeah. I guess it's working. It's working, man. Just Connor twirling around. Norm, what do you think of Connor? You've seen a lot of players up close as a linesman in the dub and also on TV. What do for you think? sure, you know we're we're so lucky to have him. He's a generational player. There's no arguing that fact. You like, I would love to see him with. Like, I would love to have seen him at the Olympics last year. Mm. That's no. such an unfortunate you know, miscarriage of justice for the sport, the way that played out. But to have him 
you know, and Crosby and, you know, like, I would love to have watched that. He does something every, I, I, you know, you he sees the ice no way other people can't. And like the hype when he came to town, I was yeah. like, I don't know. Like, obviously it wasn't a doubter of Connor McDavid, but like just right. the amount of stuff he's, I mean, back-to-back scoring titles. Well, and we had guys heard, you know, with every draft pick, because we had a lot of first and second picks for the last yeah, decade. Yeah. Um, every time we heard, this is our savior, this is our savior. And then like when Connor McDavid came along, I think people were weary of everything we had heard. Yeah. But then you watch them, and then we saw a spark of life come back to Edmonton, and we're like, and then the next year, we, you know, he was hurt, and, and he had a rough first season. Yeah. But then we had the new building and the hype, and it was amazing, and, and then that played out the way it should have, and it was a one-goal difference, you know, in a, in a we won't even talk about that goal. Yeah, hey, <laughs> Being right. an official. But how good being but, back, though, right? Yeah, and, and it was like the, the life was back in Edmonton. Yeah. And, and I think we'll see it again. Yeah. Uh, the key is going to be health. Mm-hmm. Um, do we have all the pieces? Ah. Speaking of health, we just touched on like a couple things that can't, I can't help, but just revert back to the GQ article that we did, but we've all seen. Oh, by what? Now. Was Connor in GQ today? No, looking, I don't know. It's not like I just read it all morning. And then now when I close my eyes, I can see get a guy with some muscle on him. Oh, looks, what a funny article. Like, he, <laughs> like yeah, he looked awesome. And looks it, rich. But yeah. what part really struck me was literally how he talked about like at the beginning of last season how sick he was yeah. and like for the whole month of October yeah. and he didn't take one game off no. and, and he's he was like, still point a game and he was still pointing a game and at the end of that he's like so it's mostly on me like <laughs> it's mo- like, it's yeah, my okay. fault you know what <laughs> it's my fault I was so bad I didn't take the time off and we're like I'm just sitting there thinking you're like amazing to think that it's your fault that you were there for your team even though you felt like shit every still game. at a point at a game as well yeah oh yeah, yeah still sure. like being the best player I would argue that with a with a generational talent, like you said, Norm, a guy like that, it's inevitable that he wins because just the world around him transforms because of how good he is. He can take 60 point players and make them a hundred point players. He can make his team where people would never want to sign in. They can sign there. He can make a Harvard man like Chirelli when it looked like he went to Yale, you know, like he can, well, he can make too far. <laughs> Harvard <laughs> man, Norm. <laughs> Why do we trust a Harvard so like man? Cindy Crosby never made again. Chris Kuhn. It's amazing. Yeah. Connor McDavid is apparently a making Nuge amazing. Anti ratty. Anti ratty. I hope that it's not too soon to get exuberant and make conclusions about the whole season. But I swear to you, if Ty Ratty stays in that line, Ty Ratty's going to get 60 points. Ty Ratty's going to, his mom is going to be proud of him. Ty Ratty's going to get his number retired from his junior team. <laughs> like, Ty Ratty is on the verge of being Connor McDavid's last, At the end of last season, I remember thinking, and I put it on a group to a bunch of friends of mine, and they all called me an idiot. And I was like, he just passed the smell test. Like, he came up, he played really well yeah. at the end of last season. I went to one game, he was playing on McDavid's line. We, you know, it, it was the end of the season, so it wasn't much on the line for it. But I think he had like three assists on like two Connor goals and another somebody else's goal. And, Connor, and I was like, this guy's awesome. He's, I and mean, I was like, pump the brakes, but like a child making their favorite doll a sock, right? Cause they're idiots. Yeah. Connor can pick a sock. And now <laughs> it's a guy who gets 60 points. You know what I mean? Like it's just weird. The intangible of like chemistry, right? Yeah. If all of a sudden Connor decides Ty Ratty is his guy and the Nuge, please stay on that line. Mm-hmm. Just to. stay alive, Ty Ratty, and you're literally going to sign a $3 million deal when your deal expires. Like, you just need to stay alive. Well, you told me something the other day when we were talking, because I, I honestly, I hate when, like, something's not working and they don't give it time. Like, coaches just start to mix, like, throw, oh, throw the lines in the blender. Yeah. yeah. And I, I fucking hate that. I just don't understand. Chemistry, in my opinion, is a huge thing in sports, and it, like... 
It only comes from playing with guys. And if you start to spread them apart, you even start to question whether or not they could get the chemistry. And it makes it harder to come back from. And so you said to me the other day, when I said that point yeah. to you, that that he said he was going to keep the lines more static. That's what said. I heard. Is that yeah. true? No, I mean, I actually know hockey. So I think we can... Like, it, <laughs> it, it was the... You remember the McBlender? McTavish always changed sure. it all up. Was that just a function of the Oilers being as crappy as they were? Is that like fairly standard that maybe in 2018 lines don't stick together like they used to 20 years ago? Well, you have so much... What's changed in sports, period, is slow motion and statistics. We have so much statistics that they come in and they look at it and like, oh, that's not working or this, you know, and they, they try and create that perfect formula on paper. We forget we're dealing with humans, not machines, you know? And so if there is no chemistry, I think chemistry is the number one thing. Cause I think the Detroit Red Wings did so well for so many years. Cause they understood it can t- sometimes take a player eight or nine years to develop and they keep them in the minors. They they'll take a 296 overall pick and turn him into a Stanley Cup champion, and we'll burn through 10 first-round picks. Darn rights we will. Six know, coaches in trade two them. years. Yeah, yeah, and and fire coaches via Skype. Perfect. You know, and, and <laughs> we don't have time, Norm. We've got shit to do. We don't have we time. We don't have time to be flying everywhere, so, apologizing for shit. We're fucking fired, son. It's Skype. It's 2016. So, you know, I, like, I think they really tried to work with the information they were given, but it failed. It was a bad experiment, and they didn't. I, I'm hoping they're taking a long-game look now. Because you have hit, you've got him and Drysaddle locked up a long time. If we come out at the end of this without two or three cups, oh, imagine we we'll do. look back and say this was a bad, bad. If move. we get a third round berth, my doctor will come to me, Chalmers, and say, "Wanya, you fool, slow down." I'll say, "How dare you? All my <laughs> all my good drinking years, we didn't make a playoff. Shut up. Better living through chemistry. Hook me up to some machines. I got some beers to drink. It's going to be hot on. I don't know if I could live to a cup run." I'm so out of drinking shape. Like you got to have at minimum something to bender every other <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah, but a good season, a good season it. when you're going to lots of games yeah. and the ones that aren't here, you go to your watering hole. Yeah. You build up that stamina. I don't know, man. I went, so when the playoffs finally came back, right. Jay, who isn't here today because he's busy doing real work, but the business part of the nation, he and I went to all the games on the playoffs and at home. And the wow. road, sorry, and at home. For yeah. two ro- I was crazy. like, get the end. I'm like, I am so damn tired. He's like, how do you think the actual Oilers do it? <laughs> yeah, like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I'm tired. Like, it's one thing they to go take to the a beating. Yeah, it's one thing to go know? to the pint and have a beer and like watch a playoff run. It's another thing to dial it in for the playoffs where like me drinking 30 Bud Lights on a game day is the good luck that led to the game three win because this is my brain works. Well, and if you look at so last year, like the again. Knights, you know, Vegas Knights, you know, they ended series so quick that mm-hmm. they had lots of time to recoup. And they probably went a little further than, than maybe they should have, you know. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, health at the end of the year, like you're, these guys are in incredible shape. And gone are the days of Guy Lafleur showing up, smoking cigarettes in a room, going, "I'm at training camp to get in shape." <laughs> yeah. Those are the days. What did you think about the Golden Knights? That's just crazy. Or like, so just I, the wore value of I, I wore a toque. I wore a toque. I really thought. It would be an incredible Cinderella story for the sport if they could win the cup. Still, amazing tale. Yeah, I mean the the entire season was a fairy tale season, and I jumped on board because uh, I saw where the Oilers were going by November first, <laughs> and and it was painfully obvious where uh, we were going. Uh-huh. So I'm like, you know what? If I have to pick another team, I'm a fan of the sport first, and that comes from being an official. For many years, you don't really have a team, 
and it looks bad if you get caught wearing any. So was it, <laughs> was it the case of, you think, just like the Island of Misfit Toys came together and momentum has so much to do with it? Yeah. They believe you know in what? each other? Two things. Uh, McPhee is an incredible GM and, and picked that team. And the coach yeah. worked with the strength of every player and got the chemistry together. And the other thing that happened, the unfortunate tragedy in Vegas right before the start of the season, they had a rallying cry. The same way the year before, the Oilers had a rally around their brand new building. And and people underestimate what that can kick off in terms of just personal vibes, personal good space. So Vegas had a story to tell the entire season. The same way I think, the reason I think the Oilers are in good shape is I think we have the smartest coach in the NHL. I honestly believe that. I like him a lot. Really? Yeah. I think he can do a lot. And I think if he gets the right pieces of the puzzle, we're going to see a championship team. Let's talk about that when we come back. Dan's got his finger in the air. I assume that he means he thinks he's number one. Real Life Podcast, back after this. SumoJerky.com. You've been through the gas station. You've seen all the flavors, teriyaki, black pepper, Maybe extra hot, sweet chili. That's about as exotic as it gets. But if you subscribe to Sumo Jerky at sumojerky.com, check them out online, enter your preferences. They source out the finest small batch handcrafted ma and pa jerky from all over the world. They have all your favorite flavors, but it's high quality handcrafted versions of your favorite flavors, and they get exotic as well. Exotic jerky from exotic animals or play it straight and stick with beef. Enter your preferences at sumojerky.com. It shows up once a month. Deliver it as a gift if you like. Have it sent to your work for a little pick-me-up during the day. Sumojerky.com. Follow them on Instagram at sumojerky for pictures of their meat. Or sign up for the service yourself, sumojerky.com. Once a month, meat delivered right to your door. It's the home delivery service you didn't realize you need until it started showing up. My favorite day of the month is Sumo Jerky Delivery Day. Sumojerky.com to get started. We're back, Real Life Podcast, brought to you by our friends over at sumojerky.com. Deliciousness delivered to your door once a month. I strongly suggest you head over there if you're thinking about buying a gift, perhaps for a hard-to-please family member like an uncle that you see occasionally that you don't really know what he likes, well, you have to give him something or you look like an asshole. My body is ready. That's what you need, sumojerky.com. We got Norm Shaw on the show today, host of Comic Genius on 88.5 CJSR. And before the break, he said something shocking. He said that Coach McClellan is the best coach in the NHL. I don't disagree. Talk to me. You actually know stuff. Why do you think this? Well, I, I've, I got to watch him in San Jose and what he did and just his tactics, his thinking of the game, I, and I, the way he handles players. I think he's brilliant and, uh, and just a down-to-earth guy. You know, he, he doesn't walk around with an ego. He's approachable. I think he's got great communication skills with the players and – I think he's the type of coach we need to develop a Connor McDavid, a, a Dreisaitl, a Ty Ratty. And I think as long as they stay healthy, he's going to be able to build on that. And we saw a lot of that the year before. And um, so having watched just how he handles teams over the years, and I've never really had a chance to speak to him very much in person, I, a couple of events just real quick, but listening to the man speak and where his headspace is, I think it's great. And it's, there's, some coaches you can parachute in to a team that, of veterans and they will maximize them. And are, but Todd's a patient guy. He's a very well-spoken guy. And he, uh, you need certain types of coaches for young teams. And so being a linesman, and you probably get to see a lot more up close and personal how so, coaches react to players. Yeah, and, and, and that's a neat point because 
my place on the ice is at the blue line in front of the exit door for the defense. I hear what the coaches are saying to the players the entire game. Your best friend is a backup goalie because he's opening the door, right? And he's the one that's going to tell you heads up, they're pinching or, you know, and you'll hear him, you know, you'll hear the coach say to the, you know, back in my day, we had three fight rules. So you only had one or two tough guys on a team, but you'd hear like, you know, um, Rocky um, Thompson was in the league and you just hear Rocky green lights. You knew next shift, (laughs) you had a fight coming up. Oh shit. You know, (laughs) so you always were listening in the background to the coaches, and, and I had a lot of respect for some coaches. Peter Anhold is one. He was in Red Deer Rebels at the time, one of the most intelligent coaches I've ever met. You know, and then there was a guy like Bob Lugson, Medicine Hat. I didn't. He was not smart at all. You know? So those are your favorite words to hear. Hey, green light. You just go. Oh, Christ. as a linesman, yeah. You now know, I gotta go. We got a front row seat to the fight. Yeah. This is the best seat in the house. I can't believe I'm getting paid to stand right beside and watch these guys fight. And you could probably sense when it was coming to a couple oh, yeah. of things in the you, game. You knew. Yeah. Um, if there was payback coming uh, from a dirty hit earlier or a bad play or something carrying over from the previous game, we would always know about too. We'd get a heads up. Do you ever take a shot, like in a fight, splitting up a fight or oh, something? Yeah, to get yeah a more than once. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of times there'd be, um, you, you have a partner and he'd forget that the fighter's a lefty. So Rocky Thompson, for example, was a lefty. So I'm a lefty as well. So I knew which way to go in. And I'd always say I'm taking Rocky. So it was natural for me because most fighters are righties. So it was always unnatural for me to go into the fight. But the odd guy, your, your odd partner would miss his guy's arm, and you'd take it in the side of the head or the chops. And what was your go-to thing to say to them when you were getting in so, there? Just calm down, boys. It's over. Or well, did you have something fun to so, say? Or, <laughs> I mean, yeah, so you didn't eat one. Depending on which guys it was, because sometimes you'd have people fighting that weren't always a fighter, and you were caught off guard. But when you're going in there, a lot of times you'd be like, "Are you, are you good to go? Are you still good?" And they'll tell you like, "Oh no, that, that, I, the, he got me." You know, so you come in. And then you're skidding them off, and you're like, hey, oh, you kicked, he's bleaking. You got him, right? And meanwhile, <laughs> this guy's missing a tooth. His eye's hanging out, and his just nose is Just try to broken. be positive. <laughs> yeah, you just want to get him to the bench. You know, and, and uh, my favorite story, Rocky Thompson came into the league. He was a Golden Glove boxer. Uh-oh. And so pre-game, in preseason, they're only allowed one fight. So the general manager just come down there like, we want to see how this kid does. He's 15, you know, and he's going to be 16 for the season. So don't jump into the fight early. Oh, by the way, he's a lefty. I'm like, okay. They come tell you this. Yeah, yeah pregame. Just so we know. Just so we know, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 you, you, yeah, yeah. Get, you get intel on everything. For sure, for sure. And so I'm working a game, and he hit the guy so hard with the first punch. Like, just came around. The guy didn't see it coming from the left side, and he was out cold. Like, I saw the whites of his eyes only, and he hit the ice, and then they're mad. They're like, you didn't ju- you're supposed to catch those guys. Like, when they get knocked out, you try to catch them and just wrap them, and you're holding them up so it doesn't look bad in front of Jeez. And like he's laying on the ice and I'm calling the trainer and they're like, why didn't you grab him? Like he told us not to jump in. I was, I thought it would last longer than one punch. That's so, amazing. I remember seeing LaRock in preseason. I think they're playing the Sharks and they, they lined up. The guy didn't know LaRock was a lefty. Yeah. LaRock just tagged this poor bastard. And then everyone knew LaRock was a lefty after that. Yeah. Man, was he yeah, a beast. And you know, it's funny. That guy was the one who... I, the first fight I pulled him out of, I knew I wasn't going to the NHL at that point. For when you pulled the rock out of a fight? Yeah. What do I, you mean? I knew. Because I had him wrapped. So hold on. You, you officiated a George the Rock fight? Yes. In what league? So it was American Hockey League. It was yeah. a preseason game oh, okay. at Aikensdale in St. Albert. Yeah. 
And uh, so they, you know, they split the rookies off and do various games. So they were calling it, I think at the time it was Hamilton Bulldogs in Syracuse. So exhibition game. And um, LaRock gets in a fight and I wrap him. And he, as he lifts his arms up, I've got him wrapped. My feet are off the ice. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, this can't look good. What a feeling. Yeah. I'm like, I'm put me back. down. You're like, you're not piggybacking me, me to the yeah, I'm like, penalty box. I've got his arms wrapped, but my feet are off the ice. Yeah. And I'm like. Uh, like I should have put the armbands on. Nineteen-year-old <laughs> yeah. George LaRock blew your mind. Yeah, it yeah. was it was unreal. You know? Who else springs to mind when you're thinking about uh, fighters that are just like generational talent for fighters? Who else have you seen in your days? Oh, um, Rocky Thompson was one I thought would last forever. Yeah, just because he was crazy. Uh, I remember. One of the last games I worked, he had been traded to the Saskatoon Blades. And um, it was, he or sorry, he would get traded Swift Current for a medicine hat. Yeah. And they're playing Saskatoon. We we're in Saskatoon. And uh, he snapped. And all three of us were trying to hold him down. And my partner, Mike Pauletta, blew his hamstring while we're trying to get Rocky Thompson under control. Jeez. And he went crazy. And then the rest of the game, we had to work what we call Texas two-man. So you got one linesman running between both blue lines and icings and one referee because my partner couldn't even stand. Like, we were, I'm like, can you stand on the blue line? He goes, no, like, my leg's gone. Jeez. So that was a crazy – and it went to overtime. And back then we had a 10-minute overtime period. I'm, like, dying. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't get any extra pay. He gets a full pay. I'm like, you only work two and a half periods. <laughs> lazy bastard. <laughs> yeah. So – and then – not so much a fighter, but probably the most incredible player that I got to see was uh, Zdeno Chara. Oh, yeah! I worked his very first game when he in in the WHL, and he was he went to Prince George Cougars. So he was nineteen, correct? When he I went believe to, he was nineteen yeah. and ninety six when he came there. Okay, and uh, it, it, so behind the scenes, the home team takes care of the officials. They bring the shampoos, the towels, they sharpen your skates because they have all the equipment there. Sure. So you come into town. And you're, you're at the rink a couple hours ahead of time, and uh, usually everything's ready, and the room's not ready. I'm like, oh, this is weird, but, you know, who knows? And then just coming up on about an hour before game time, I'm finally, I'm like, I'm going down to the, see what's going on. I need my skates done. I've been on the road two weeks. So I go to the trainer. I'm like, yeah, you do my skates. He's like, not today. And he's got these jersey <laughs> cut up, and he's got socks <laughs> cut up. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Because I'm trying to build a jersey and outfit for this guy. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I need my skates on. He goes, I can't do it. i got to get the sewing done. I'm like, well, how big is this guy? He's like, go around the corner and look. He's on the bike. And I go, and it's like, guy's six foot 21. It's Zdeno Chara. <laughs> oh. right. He doesn't have socks or a jersey that fits him for warm-up yet. And it was, I'm like looking at this beast. On skates, he's seven foot. Oh, yeah. And it was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So what, he weighed like six pounds back in the day? Like, what would he even... Uh, he was like a beanpole, definitely. But he was still strong. Yeah. You know, like... Just dwarfing all the other kids yeah. on the ice. No doubt. I was looking on the ice. Like, I'm only six foot even. I was looking right at his crest. I'm like, oh, usually man. I can see the guy's nose. But I'm looking at the crest. And I'm like, unreal. If he pinches at the blue line and crushes a guy, I'm dying. Like, this oh, could yeah. be my last night of my life. And when you add in his telephone pole stick. Yeah. Like, his reach. He can so, stand in the middle of the ice and hit both boards. What was ridiculous. The one thing I remember about that game is Kamloops. I was always trying to ring the boards up high off the glass. Like, the puck around the boards. And he could reach. Like, he's pulling pucks down that are almost at the top of the glass, and he could just hop up and pull it down, and Kamloops, they're, like, going crazy. And two guys <laughs> took runs at him that game, and they didn't do well. 
Really? Yeah. That's crazy on top of everything else he can actually fight, too. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because he's not like Yao Ming on well, skates. Well, you can't like, he's him. fragile. Like, Chara's solid. Yeah, he's, he's a strong boy. Oh, yeah. So what else did he do? <laughs> I'm sure you got some other stories. Well, what's really neat, so the one referee I was working with, uh, Brad Davis, we called him Crash Davis. Brad, in, it had to be in the first period because we haven't, weren't even used to this kid. Now, Zidane, we all know, has a very fast slap shot. But when you watch him wind up, it's not a fast follow through. It's like, like a golf swing. Yeah. But he's he, like, he leans in on a stick and there's a lot of whip. And back then they were on fiberglass. So it wasn't as fat, uh, you know, flexible as the composites per se. But he took a slap shot and you can't track it. I've been a goalie for many years and it's hard to track over 110 miles an hour. Like he lets this thing rip. You hear this big crash and it, I guess like the puck obviously hit the glass and then referee Brad Davis is laying on the ice, not moving his arms folded across his chest. I hit the whistle. I skate in. I'm like, Oh man, are you okay? <laughs> this thing hit him. I thought so. I saw, I stopped playing dead. He's dead. <laughs> I skate up. I'm okay. And he's just looking up at me and he's like white. And he's like, I didn't think that puck was going to get to the net. His, his windup was so slow. And all of a sudden, there's a big crash behind me. I pulled the parachute. <laughs> That's so funny. I saw his life flash before his yeah, eyes. Exactly. He just turtled. That's what I would in do. In my if mind, I saw blocking it. a shot, like in junior or in the NHL or the A, is like one of the bravest things in sports. It's insane. And, and Chara, later in that game, caught me on the side of the head. They were shorthanded. You got hit with a Chara got, yeah. slap shot? And just like that guy in Montreal this year, right in the exact same spot in the temple. So we're in the end zone dropping a puck. Prince George is short. They win the draw back to the Chara. He lets a rip and caught me right in the temple. I was oh, all cold. Shit. And you're still at the face-off dot. Jesus. Just yeah, yeah. skated and back. Not even a chance feet. to take one stride. It was like puck down, goes back. He ripped it. I didn't even see it coming. It just hit me in the temple. I was done. Did it shatter your helmet? No. Uh, and, and that year, I won't name the manufacturer, but they came up <laughs> and it was labeled concussion-proof helmet. And we're given our helmets by the league, right? And so they took that label off of them after that one really? season. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, jeez. But they made us change. We used to have to wear the old Mark Messier ones. That's was, scary, man. How would you feel after that? Oh, like, I was out for the three months. Day? I was, Were you I was really? done for three months. Light, sound sensitive. I, I had a nasty concussion. I'd blame stuff on that. I'd be like, oh, I can't come into work today. Why? Because I got hit with a Zidane Chara <laughs> yeah, when no he was doubt. 19. Yeah. Oh, fair enough, sir. After you. <laughs> that's literally, as a, as a referee or a linesman goes, that's got to be one of the biggest like badges of honor slash courage you could oh, possibly sure. ever say. Well, I got hit but in, the in our circle, so I owed a round of beers because I got in the way of the shot. You owe a round of beers for getting yeah, hit yeah, in the yeah. temple? The number one thing is turn face and brace or get out of the way, right? And so turn you hit with face the, and brace? All of your padding as an official is just on the front. You're not wearing full gear. Like So, and, tur- so turn with your back to it? So you get hit in the No, back? no, face it. You have shin pads an on. You've face got a can on. And you've got a visor. None of your sounds You're about to get hit by a slap shot is to turn your spine towards the puck. Let me so tell you. Sure let me tell you. If a puck was up your ass, it hurts. <laughs> But coming back out to be even worse. Oh, yeah. This all sounds Learned just way, the hard way too scary. Down in college. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Turn so face turn and brace. Face I think I've been brace. underestimating how tough referees and linesmen are. Yeah, That's and crazy. some guys now wear like the padded like motocross shirts. You know, they have a little bit of padding in them. But literally, you have no upper body protection, just elbow pads. You're not wearing shoulder pads. When you see a linesman or referee get crushed into the boards, that's just their shoulders. They have nothing absorbing that impact. And we've seen, like, Kyle Riemann had a serious shoulder injury three years ago, and he missed half the season because he got crushed. And so 
and a referee's you get hit in the knee. The referee knee pads are not as good as like a defenseman's knee pad either. You, you, when you look, you can tell. One thing they've done now, we we could wear the Cooper all pants, but I hated them because I always fight. Right, you look like a flyer in the nineteen seventies. <laughs> no, yeah, it's fucking yeah. rad. But now it's they have look. padding built into the referee pants, but it's still not hard shell. It's more of a softer shell. So when they take a shot, you know they're in a lot of pain. I don't care what you get hit by a car or a puck at hundred miles an hour. It hurts. I think a puck is crazier. I think when you watch players take a knee. In like especially the playoffs yeah. and just like brace for impact in front of a slap shot and then you look at a like Premier League soccer player get breathed on and they have to land a helicopter yeah, on the flick. field. Yeah, <laughs> well, this is very low. But speaking as a guy who's actually been hit in the mouth with a puck and gotten my like a tooth teeth knocked out, I can't even play on the ice like in a men's league game anymore without a full cage. Like it, yeah. and if I sit in the bench and the puck comes close, like I don't know how you guys do this. I don't know how, like you have no protection. You're not wearing a mouth guard. No, not you're, at all. You're, Cause you have to be able to talk and to these guys. Most guys are wearing a half shield now. Half shield is not going to stop yeah. your teeth. Right? Like it was, it was one of those things that just like scared me forever. I'm sitting on the bench. I see the puck come around and I've immediately like got my hand over my mouth. And so I don't know, man, that's, you guys are crazy. I'm not going to lie. I took one off the shin when we were playing shinny at Christmas last year. Nation, we all get together, have a little play, play a little game of shinny. Took one in the shin. I was out, let alone take a clapper in the head from Zidane Chara. I had a kid try to play me NHL 18 the other day, and I hadn't worn my thumbs up, and I was trying to penalty kill, and I swear, I blew out my right thumb. I haven't been tweeting the same since, Bagman. Blisters. We're all facing death. Let's take a break. Real Life Podcast, back after this. Warrior. Have you got holes to dig, earth to pack, and roads to build? Then you need to call Jabba Machinery Group. Does your equipment need a service? You can't fix stupid, but here at Jabba Machinery Group, we can fix everything else. With a full range of parts to keep your equipment running smoothly, Jabba Machinery Group is a family-operated and Alberta-grown business. Here to help build a bigger and better Western Canada. Give us a call or visit us at jabbamachinery.com. Jabba Machinery Group. Join the family. We're back. Real Life Podcast brought to you by our fans at JAPA. We had some interesting news during the break. Bag milk. Nothing like breaking news. People won't hear for two days. Breaking news. Hit me. Leon Dreisaitl has committed to donating $150,000 over eight years to Hockey Helps Kids, Wanye. That equals $1.2 million. Hold on. $150,000 per year for eight years? That's right. Oh, not 150 over eight years per per year. How much money is that total up to? 1.2 schmil. Shoot, that's good. That's good. That's amazing. That's good for good on Leon. And that's one. That's part of the culture that's created in Edmonton too. I like it. Yeah, I respect that he would do that this early on, like his own dough too. Not like I'll have a GoFundMe once a year. <laughs> With his demeanor and the way that he acts, the way that he never smiles and stuff, I didn't really think he'd be the first player to do something. Like I can't that. tell if he just has resting bitch face that's impenetrable. Yeah, he does. Or he's actually an asshole. He's one, like you say. He's, he's got, got a punchable face. face. Yeah, like he's he always just, down. Yeah. He remember looks, the remember was it last year or was it the year before when he was on the bench at the end of the game? He's like being all glum, and then Connor had to come and beat him up a little bit and get him off the ice. Yeah, he looked like a little baby at times. Interesting. A lot of times he looks like a little baby. So yeah. what's it going to? Uh, Hockey helps kids, which is the Harrison Kate's, and Chloe's thing. That's right. What does yeah, it do Kate's again? Kids. Is it literacy in schools? Uh, to support influential leader, blah 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 blah. Hockey helps kids success. Uh, continue on, one. Yeah, we'll find out exactly. Well, just what because I know that Leon clearly listens to this podcast, yeah. even though I think he is a little baby like that sometimes, yeah, yeah, and he's yeah, got that yeah. bad face. Uh-huh. He is the only. He's the most recent Oilers jersey I have purchased. So. Dreisaitl. Respect. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I like I really when guys like do stuff like this the, that surprises you. Yeah, it's in you the know? blue. 
Like PK, I always thought was kind of a big baby. And then we did that thing for that hospital, the Children's Hospital in Montreal. Like, it's not fake. He's nice. He gave yeah, all his no, money. He's, he's raising he's all his money. Who cares if he wears a big funny hat, right? Like, he's a good guy. <laughs> right? my, my concern is every time a guy does something big in a community, they get traded. Yeah, true. Well, Leon, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he's going to get traded anytime soon. It's basically uh, to get people more involved in the community through sports or just through education in the in, in, in Edmonton. So just uh, helping the kids get more involved with community through sports. In the uh, and through just positive interactions with each other, Good I met her. this lady Sandra something with a W like Wojtas I, I think her name is, and she'd done work for Hockey Helps Kids, and she helped design like some educational curriculum for the charity or something like that. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. She's like, yeah, I met Harrison Cates, and he's like the nicest kid in the world. I'm like, really? She's like, yeah. He came in with his sister, and like they were calling all the shots. They knew exactly what they wanted to do, and like they came with their shit together and they're prepared. I'm like that's very interesting to hear. Yeah, good so for them. Leon's behind it. That's really good. Shout out to Leon. One point two million. Not bad for a temporary years. foreign worker. <laughs> 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 so speaking of Oilers doing phenomenal things, now it kind of loses a little bit of its jam. <laughs> you know what? You know what? That is bullshit, Leon Dreisaitl. That is bullshit that you mm-hmm. gave all that money to that charity. <laughs> I know where you're going. Day Connors in GQ, and you're stealing oh, his money. Now. <laughs> I see it. You yeah. prick. You know what? I changed my mind on this. Leon Dreisaitl is an asshole for giving all that money to charity on this day of all days, Connor in GQ day. Wanye, I don't think I have to ask you, but I assume you've studied the pictures of Connor I've in the GQ in article. Detail. I zoomed in as much as the iPhone would allow. It is incredible <laughs> to see how he's kind of turned into this suave kind of model type man. The hair's flowing, the beard's coming in, looks great, the clothes look sharp, the gifs look great, the, the pics look awesome. The watch was his own, they noted, the watch his own. I assume that means he forged it from steel himself in the offseason. That's right. And learned to be a watch. How do we feel about the facial hair? Listen, I'll tell you two Let's things just about Conor McDavid. I know. You're going to say it's really, really good, no, right? No, no, no. Okay, It's good. not. He can look like a guy who just woke up out of a coma. <laughs> and when you wrap him in 10G worth of gear and the GQ stylus... He looks funky fresh. Well, not everybody can have a glorious salt and pepper beard like you got over there, Chalmers. Well, hey, you're a good looking man. Just for a minute, all right, right. I take pride in this bad boy. And I just want him. in the interview says he's a schmo. He says, when I grew up, all I wore was my team's tracksuits. Yeah. He tells a fun. Do you read it? Do you read the article? Yeah, of course. When he gets into the league and everybody has like Louis Vuitton bags and all this fancy shit, and he had his eerie otters bag. Yeah. I respect it, man. Connor's not here for style. What type of bag did he go get? I hadn't heard of it. A Tumi, yeah, I never heard of it either. A Tumi, isn't that like a? I assume it's very expensive. I assume it's probably. I don't very... think it is. I bet you it's like you go to like luggage RS at the airport, and he's like, "Pardon me, sir, do you have some sort of carry-on bag?" <laughs> he had a group on. <laughs> all the guys blowing their money on hundred thousand dollar Louis V bag. Well, listen, the reason that this salt and pepper beard looks so good on the kid over here is yeah. because I shaved it a whole bunch so that it would grow back stronger and fuller. It was that. That old thing, that old yeah. adage. The more you shave, are your more... sidebirds? So I remember I, for a they're while, not great. Yeah, you got, you got a one side, as I recall, yeah. as our youth. That we, it, you <laughs> well, had to want it. Yes, you it was to... like a little piece in yeah. between them that yeah. like stop. Yeah. yeah, so that's gotten better. Good. Yes, it has. Good. The best part about now is I don't have much hair up top, right. so I can just take a number one guard and just the whole face, whole oh, head. Nice. Yeah, and then trim <laughs> top around. The you look like the that's guy from the transporter. Jason Statham. Jason Statham. Yes, I remember. Remember the night I came like to pick a five you up foot in the car? seven Jason Statham. <laughs> you remember the day that I came and picked you up in the, and and you just shaved your head like two years ago? I do remember that. And yeah, you were all like shy, like a dog after he goes to the hair playing and he gets his hair clipped. <laughs> Felt very weird. Yeah, look. Yeah. And I looked at you and I was like, "You have the Jason Statham head. You have the head that looks good shaved." I really appreciate that. You know what? That's funny because the guy and I don't think it is, but, but the guy that did the haircut said, "I'm going to give you the Jason Statham." Yes. 
and it was very it. intricate, Especially like a number one a guard and then below. two. It's a good look. I don't know why you hold up. It's either you're going to look like Statham or some kind of marine biologist. Marine There's two biologist. options. <laughs> why a marine biologist? I don't know. I just figured that's what their look would be. You're right. You're probably right. They have Thank to you. have short hair because they're always putting on Oh, my God. Hair. Now I can picture a marine biologist that, like... See? I don't know if I like that like, one. I'll go with the Statham. has got a Greenpeace hat coming. Let's work back around to Conor McDavid being in GQ, not Chalmers' haircut. No, let's haircut. stay with my Jason Statham. <laughs> just kidding. Get... How the hell did we start out well, talking about Conor? just pulled a Dreisaitl here, right? Yeah, I did. Seconds later, we're talking about... I got my Dreisaitl jersey on, taking his day. He's in GQ, and they're saying to him, what's it like playing in Edmonton? Yes. Now, first of all, my only issue with this yes. is that the guy who's interviewing Conor doesn't know anything about Conor. Which uh, it's kind of funny because now he's interacting with me on Twitter because I wrote an article the about it. Is? Yeah, yeah, I wrote an article about it for the Nation. I'm kind of busting his balls because, like you said, he doesn't know shit about hockey. No, <laughs> he asks why number 97. Yeah. is your hair blonde? Sure, like just a bunch of random shit. He calls Teddy Purcell. Poor Teddy, Teddy Purcell. Purcell calls him Eddie I Purcell. Saw that. Eddie Purcell. Wow. <laughs> I saw that. Ridiculous. Somebody, and somebody now he's GQ's talking to you on Twitter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually, you know what? He quote tweeted it and said, excellent analysis here. So I wrote back to him. I was like, you know what? I appreciate you having a sense of humor because I bust his balls in there. And then he writes back, you mean sense of humor sans you. Get it? Because he's an American and he doesn't <laughs> appreciate the British English. Connor, when you, when you sign a $100 million deal and you're making $5 million bucks a year and other assorted endorsements and the like, you get a good publicist. They're like, yeah. there's the ones we'd normally give a hockey player, but just a sec. And they go away in the meeting and then they come back with a guy who's like been helping get real housewives of Orange County press or some damn thing. And they go, get this guy some press. And they go, all right. And the next thing you know, you're on the, is he on the cover of GQ or just interviewed? In GQ? I don't know if he's on the cover of I GQ. I think he's just interviewed. Because that's a couple of big weeks for Connor. He was in Bloomberg a couple of weeks yeah. ago. Well, this is GQ the same publicist. Now. Whoever they have hired over the off season has gone out and got him like military grade press where you're at the top of the heap. You're not like, Oh, hi, I'm on the downtown edition of examiner magazine. Like, uh, uh-uh. uh, you're in Bloomberg. You talking business. weekly most popular oiler. Exactly. You're, you're in Bloomberg talking about being rich and you're in GQ talking about style. Well, I guess it makes sense that when you're the most marketable face in the league is Connor though. I don't think he is. I think he's better looking than Crosby. Oh, we're going to do looks. Okay. Good. <laughs> I agree. Straight up better looking than Crosby. Crosby doesn't that. make an effort. And he's no. got the worst beard. Yeah. Oh, agreed. And he always yeah, wears he a should not play. Hat. Crosby should have a reason playoff beards ended. So <laughs> Connor, that, Connor's not far behind in the beard game. But You uh, watch $30 million into this contract, how good he's going to look. Oh, yeah. Whoever I mean, his publicist made is, huge jumps Whoever his publicist year. is is going to have a stylist co-worker. He's going to be like, can you come over here and fix Connor? And they'll come over with like, they'll like beat his eyebrows out. And so in true Connor fashion, too, you can buy a Toomey bag they have a Toomey store in West Edmonton Mall. Okay. It's probably like just a very modest, it's just a nice not bag. cocky, you know, like very down-to-earth, humble bag. It's yeah. not like Wanya you walking get... around with our stuff in Safeway bags. You know, <laughs> no, 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 not no, like man. that. They but it's, not, it it's also not rocking around in a Gucci bag or like a Louis Vuitton bag like some of these other guys were. It's going to be interesting to see what Connor does with his money. Because he doesn't Please have... tell me he's driving an F-150 and not... I sure hope so. I'm sure he is. I saw Connor McDavid last <laughs> From season Go at, a, at a red light. <laughs> totally. He was driving a Range Rover. This is a good story. Like, oh, really? Yeah. I'm not cool, Norm. I'm not cool, right? Like, I'm very excited when I see people. I saw yeah. Jack Cassidy at the grocery store this year and ran away from him. It's a whole thing. But I pull up to the light and I look over <laughs> and Connor McDavid's in a Range Rover sitting at the light like by the legislature building downtown. And I like double take so hard I pinched a nerve. And he kind of looks at me and I look at him and I'm literally locked eyes with him. I didn't know what to do. I just did the touchdown. <laughs> nice. And he just sort of looked and drove off and I was sitting there like, that went well. That went really well. So hey. he was driving a Range Rover then. 
But he's, see, if it was Pulley RV, you would have hopped in your vehicle. Hey, drive me. Exactly. Oh, yeah. No, no way. I couldn't handle talking to Pulley RV. If you're Connor McDavid and you're getting the Go Auto endorsement money, take that money and buy any car. Yeah. would be my argument. But it's going to be interesting to see what he does with his money because he no longer has, like, okay athlete money. Right. He has, like, really good athlete money. Like, I'm going to open up a chain of car washes from Thunder Bay to Niagara Falls money. <laughs> I'm going to be rolling in it forever money. It'll be interesting to see what he does because he isn't going to blow it if he's buying Toomey bags. Was it us talking about, or no, it was you guys that were talking about guys that just lived off their, the like their advertising dollars. Oh, right? like Shaq. Shaq yeah. never spent a penny yeah. of his NBA salary. I remember you guys talking about that. He lived that on Kazam royalties, which is the worst movie of all time, and he somehow made millions. <laughs> How dare you? I wonder though if Connor, I can't see Connor, I think he'll be like Crosby. He won't really do anything outside of sport and endorsements. Like, I don't think you're going to see him announce he's dropping an album or some dumb shit. Like, I'd buy it. Would, I would too. Of course. What, what kind of music do you think he'd make? Oh, uh, folk. Oh. Like just Connor with a guitar sitting outside by the fire, little folk. You tell like, me. I would pay one thousand dollars. Stomping Tom Connor style. Mm-hmm. I would pay one thousand dollars for that album. You just described. <laughs> I would ask you for a thousand dollars, and I would also pay a thousand dollars. I love how genuine Connor is. I love that, like in the photos on Instagram, he looks like he's getting a cactus enema. He's so uncomfortable, and like he's like holding up EA Sports. He's like on the cover of the game. He's like, oh. did like, you see his picture with in the air casts? Yeah, he was wearing like Forrest Gump space boots. What was yeah, he doing there? I don't know. But you know he's like contractually obligated by the same did you publicist zo- did you- like Connor. We need behind-the-scenes content. Every 48 hours at 4 p.m., you have to take a photo and put it on social. He's like a robot walking down the hallway. Beep. Oh, I'd be lying if I said I didn't zoom into like the kitchen to look on like yeah. the counters to see what was going on in the background. Chalmers, what if I told you that I happen to know for a fact Connor McDavid is building a mansion in Edmonton right now? I would say I'd like to know where it is. And I, I would won't like tell to, you, but I heard a rumor. And I would like to go hang out by it. I remember when Cates was building his house, I knew a guy who bid on part of the job, and he thought he was building the new YMCA downtown, and it was Cates' house. No one. And he was like, God damn, because it had like an Olympic pool. And yeah. shit. I heard Connor's building a house. I'm not going to tell you anything more, but it's like under construction in Edmonton. That's a cool thing. Could you imagine getting to be the designer or the builder or just like him having to go pick tile? They just bring it to him and secretly install cameras in his shower. I know, right? What would that be like? (laughs) Oh my God. I built Connor's house for free. Strangely. I wonder what he got out of it. Don't worry. I would just love to know what kind of toys he's going to build himself, put himself in that house. You know what I mean? See, would Connor be a guy though to put all of his toys in his house or is he going to build like a secret Vladimir Putin style house in the northern of Ontario. Well, like, what does he do? Like, like does, a he, does he golf a lot? He flies in. Oh, yeah, he, and he trains he, to win cups in an Edmonton Oilers. He has no other interests. I would imagine it'd be a gym, a pool, a rec room, golf simulator. You know, you got to host twenty guys. You got it. Rock climb wall. You know, so Connor's really a nice guy too. Hey, we heard a story from the guys at the Pint downtown that uh, when he was first a rookie, they came in and everybody was like getting ready to have a drink, and he went over himself. Gave the old credit card to the bartender. Trey Schatz walked over, gave them all out. Calls everybody on the in the lineup on their birthdays. Norm takes the oh. time. Happy birthday! How are you doing? Congratulations! Blah blah blah. Means the world to these guys. Yeah. Well, and that's class. That's first class. You know, and that's what I expect out of a guy like that. I think there's a big difference between being like an amazing talent, like. Allen mm-hmm. Iverson, but also being like a classy human being. And I think right. that's where we've triple lucked up. Well, to, to your point, in the GQ article that we were talking about, they asked him twice about whether or not he's cocky because he's Connor McDavid and he's way better than everybody else. And it was just to me, as I was reading, it was funny. I was like, you guys don't know anything about Connor McDavid because cocky and Connor McDavid are not even in the same universe. No. 
Not at all. He's like one of those guys where, well, even the question was, when you got exceptional player designation in junior, how does that work? Did you have to say, well, I'm better than everybody else, so I need this opportunity? <laughs> like, in what alternate universe is like, <laughs> yes, that's what I thought when I was ex- given exceptional player status. I thought I was better than everybody. Next question, please, gentlemen's quarterly. Unbelievable. So, uh, yeah, sorry, go ahead, because are you going to go get into how he basically says that it was the year before that Tavares and Aaron Ekblad get it? And he was kind of like, oh, I want that kind of. So he just applied for it, not thinking he was going to get it. Yeah, and his, it, he further goes on and saying, I was playing with kids a little bit older than me still. It was their draft year. It was the age group that I had always kind of played with. And it didn't really make sense that I wouldn't be able to move on with these kids that I grew up with. So I just applied for it. And luckily enough, I was able to get it. Luckily enough. Luckily, luckily enough. Dominating the league. And it's something I'm still pretty proud of, as he should be. But still, I just thought it was so funny that the guy from GQ was just like, doesn't really deal with hockey players, I guess, because cocky's not really their thing. Or Connor McDavid, who even more so, cocky's just not part of his vocabulary. That was the other thing that rattled me in that article, which didn't rattle me at all, was how he's like, what do they expect him to do next year? Come back slightly better. It's very Canadian. Shut up, gentlemen's quarterly. Yeah, and it, or, or when they ask, why don't you just pull a LeBron and go to management and say, do what I want? Yeah, it was kind a very thing. sloppy yeah. interview. Wasn't it? It, it was. was it was like well, but it was. No. It was pretty Luckily, interesting. Luckily, Leon Drysaddle picked today of all days to donate a hundred trillion dollars, and we'll forget <laughs> about GQ. See, by I, I think it was sloppy in the hockey aspect, like the hockey questions about it. And this guy, you can clearly tell, had just come off of writing an NBA fashion. Yeah. Article, so that's why he's like trying to ask him. Well, who's the Russell Westbrook of the NHL? Why don't you pull LeBron? He's I didn't got even that know top who Russell mind. Westbrook was. So Russell Westbrook, like he they, he wears like the most outlandish shit. He wears like suits that are shorts. He wears like tank tops. He wear like it's some really weird stuff, right? But they're allowed to like express themselves in the NBA like that and wear what they want. But like you, even as Connor says, obviously hasn't been to Canada. Yeah, well, try a tank top at minus forty, or in September when it's minus ten and snowing, or anything. I mean, they're supposed to just wear suits. Imagine you're the NBA commissioner and the, and you're like, what's that guy? He looks really tall. He's got like a turtle head. What's oh, um, Adam Silver. Silver, yeah, that's Adam him. Silver, yeah. And you're just like sitting at your desk, NBAing or whatever he does. And they're like, um, sir, somebody wants to wear this to the game. You look at the photo. You're like, what? Well, it's funny when they changed when they changed that because these guys were all wearing like jerseys and like baggy clothes, and everybody called it the Allen Iverson rule, but really. It was because of Steve Nash. Steve Nash was wearing like the worst clothes to games, and he was like on the verge of becoming a superstar in that. League. Oh, what was he wearing? What was he wearing? He was wearing like skater short, like like hoodies, like dirty hoodies. He looked Hell like yeah, Bill Steve Belichick. Nash. Like seriously, his hair was never done. It was long and ratty, and like he would just show up at games looking like trash. And he was about to become like a two-time All Star, and they were like. Can't have him looking Can't like that. Can't you be that. more like Alan Iverson yeah. wearing and eight so, sweatbands? So, the, <laughs> yeah. so they say everybody has to start wearing these clothes, and everybody just assumes it's because at that point, Alan Iverson was wearing lots of gold chains, throwback jerseys, all this stuff. But really, it was a Steve Nash rule. If I was going to games, I'd show up with like a 30-man entourage, each fur coat thicker than the last. <laughs> and we would just wheel in with like giant speakers on wheels blasting the Darth Vader anthem. And boy, we would intimidate some people in that fictional sports team. I'll tell you what. Let's take a break. Back after this Real Life Podcast. Alberta is where you find hardworking hands. Where prairie-grown rye meets mountain spring water. Where we pull dragons from the ground. And we choose... Righan Distillery. Vodka, whiskey, gin, and more. Righan is made from Alberta-grown ingredients, locally distilled and distributed. 
It's a bottle of Alberta. Ask for award-winning Righan in your liquor store and visit RighanDistillery.com. We're back. Real Life Podcast brought to you by our good friends at Rig Hand Distillery. Bag Milk, are you getting ready for a long season of brum, the beet rum from Big Hand Dist- Rig Hand Distilleries? No, Wanye, and you know why? Why? Because the Oilers are going to win more than they lost last year. Well, you can't. First of all, I thought you would drink beet rum in the event of a win. I wasn't I suggesting it's a punishment. I could. We took shots of it at Overlord Graham's house. You see, Norm, what happens is Bag Milk here eats beets mm-hmm. on the internet whenever nice. they lose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that sounds stupid, but how many people watched you? Wait, no, it is stupid. How many people watched you, though? <laughs> uh, I had 100,000 views last year. Of him eating beets? Yep. There's some games in Carolina that only 2,400 So is it people- cumulative? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, not at each episode. Jesus. There's so, like, what, when they hit 30 losses, you have to eat 30? And the next time they lose 31, you got to eat 31? So oh, last year like was a little that. bit different, just real quick. It was... Like compound interest? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's mostly made of beef. Imagine that toilet bowl cleaner required to get that purple <laughs> on. Bang was like, please shut up. Please stop talking. Has a girlfriend. Yeah, it's, it's... All of that is what actually happened. So it was every loss until they got to 500, I would eat a can of beets. Well, they never got to 500 at all last year. So right. I was eating beets after every loss. So this year I continued on beets. Girlfriend's super pumped on it, as oh, you yeah. can imagine, because as sure. you explained, Norm, the... Uh... How could it be worse? I'm dating a blogger. How could it get worse? Guess what I'm going to do? Eat nothing but beets and explode the toilet. Yeah, and just every day at 7 o'clock, I'm going to go shit my lungs out. It's great. Awful. Awful. Impressive. Dan, poor guy, has been wearing shorts. Same bet. Different punishment. Dan wore shorts throughout the entire winter. He's featured on CBC. That's next level crazy when you're on CBC. In a winter where we set a record for the most days under zero. You you chose shorts. shorts. Yeah, something wrong with Dan. Respect. Respect it to my core. Now, Chalmers. Yeah. You texted me on Sunday. I did. With tiger emojis and lightning bolts, which I, I assume meant your young child got his phone again and was pressing buttons. But in fact, Tiger Woods, 80th PGA tournament under his belt, back on the fairway with everybody mobbing him like Elvis. Yeah. That was crazy. Hell, what is happening? So in fact, on Sunday, I had one of the best sports viewing days because you got to have football, you got to have hockey at night. But during the day, it was Tiger and it was like even going into Saturday, all Saturday, I was focused on his round. And basically after seven, he was six under. And on he was Saturday. Like, on Saturday. And he was seven shots up. Wow. And you just got the feeling. You're like, he's going to do it. And this is the PGA Championship. Yeah. He was seven, call, hit a seven-shot lead. Hit a seven-shot lead at yeah. one point. Yeah. Right? He ended up with a, a four, three-shot lead going into yesterday. Yeah. Anyways, so at the beginning of the round, you just you could feel it. And he, he started playing well. He started playing well. By like the 13th hole, they had a graphic up on the TV that showed if six of these things, basically Bryson DeChambeau, if he finished at a certain spot, which was like less than 12th, um, if Justin Rose finished sixth, and then like if three other guys did certain things, that he would win the FedEx Cup. For the most For the most, for the most FedEx Cup points. Yeah. It's an accumulative point system over all the tournaments of the year. And if you win that cup, you win $10 million <laughs> on the spot. And... By the fifteenth hole, he had he, he was in that position. All Justin those Rose, six things happened. All the, five of them happened, and then Justin Rose fell into sixth spot. And you were just like, "Holy shit, it's happening!" Like, not only is he going to win this tournament, but he's going to win the FedEx Cup, and then he's going to go in to Phil and Tiger and win another ten million because he's like just riding that hand. And then but he's going to buy all of Perkins. And he can it have was, first pick of all the staff. It was good. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And then so, literally on on the I think it was the eighteenth hole. Rose sinks a putt and he cut, he gets into fifth place. 
which means the one thing didn't happen. Therefore, Justin Rose won the FedEx Cup. Justin but, Rose came in fifth in the tournament, hitting a putt on 18 yes, with 10 million. But he had accumulated the most points through the season. That's Anyways, a good so as he's as Tiger's walking down 18, it's something I hadn't seen in a long, long time. Usually, these guys get a nice little walk up the 18th fairway to a really standing ovation, you know, like a, a nice golf clap. People were running behind him. Everybody with their cameras up. They had swarmed the fairway. Police, the faces of the police and the security guards looked just like scared. Like, it was a mob. Nothing is scarier, Norm, than a PGA mob gone unruly. <laughs> I'm drunk on Chablis and I'm ready yeah. to party. Let's run. Yeah, no, so it was or... weird. It was weird, but it got, man, it was such a good feeling. And then to watch him sink the putt and walk over to, and just start walking and just almost start crying. And you were just, it was everything. It was yeah. everything. He's like, it, he, he was, he's had a tough road. Yeah. For sure. yeah. Can I ask and, a question? Uh, yes. Does that mean he's letting the poison out again? If you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Nine iron in the back of the window. No, Leon Dreisaitl, Tiger Woods by donating money to charity. So everybody got a nice glimpse of his girlfriend too because this is the next thing that always happens after a major event or or a a tour win. He goes and kisses somebody and next thing you know, everybody runs to Google to see, find out who his girlfriend is and it turns out that she used to manage one of his Florida restaurants called the the Woods Cafe. I don't know what it's called. But anyways, so if you're asking if he's getting the poison out, well, I think she might have to be worried now because it was when he was winning that he was letting the poison out. Mm-hmm. I wonder if she see uh, might be bad news for her. Bag milk. Why do you have to be like that? Why do you have to be like the guys interviewing Zach Cassian eight years after he goes sober, being like, "Yeah, that's great, but do you remember how you're a booze bag?" Uh huh. I'm just as God made me. I like it. That is a logic stopping counter argument. <laughs> you can't say much when you bomb back that. <laughs> Speaking of guys who are on the verge of amazing shit happening to them, I want to talk just a little tiny bit more about the guy. Well, no, let's flip that. How about the guy who showed up 30 pounds overweight at Tampa Bay? That's the guy for training camp. That's the guy who's not having good shit happen. Jake Dodson. Let's Dotchen? talk about him for a sec. Jake Dodson, I believe his name. He shows up to Tampa Bay training camp with a dream in his heart. Hoping to crack the roster and make his dream come true. Had he played in the team last year? I don't know. I'll pull that up in a second. But what I do know is that he showed up about 35 pounds overweight, Wanya. Wow. Like, did he forget training camp was coming? It was like he went to bed in April and woke up and went, oh, shit, it's training camp. He got an alert in his phone. Training camp begins in 20 minutes. Oh, no. (laughs) That's like when it's like... January and you're going to go hit the gym for summer because you want to get your summer bod going. Right. Next thing you know, it's April yeah. and you're like, oh shit, this isn't going to happen. <laughs> I guess I'm not going what to the beach this feeling year. that has. You're like, this is my career and I just showed up. To answer your question, yes, he did play in 48 games with the Lightning last year, 35 the year before, so he was a roster player was at least injured? Did he have like an injury time. preventing him from doing his thing? I will look that up as well, but it, what we do know <laughs> is that this guy at least played some NHL games. Yeah. So you would think he would know when the season starts. I would just love to know what was going on all summer, that you come rolling in 35 pounds overweight. I want to know what was going through his mind as he's going to be like, oh, shit, the weigh-in's coming up next. Yeah, so last July, he signs a, a, a two-year one-way contract, $1.625 million. I just wonder then, if he was hurt. I wonder if he had good. surgery Money. or something and he wasn't able to train. Like It just strikes me because they canceled his contract. Is that correct? Yeah, they put and him on waivers rare, for right? the purpose of yeah. a buyout because he was he not... camp 25% body fat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you, that falls under you can't do that. Yeah. Wow. I just like, if you've got a $1.625 million contract on the line, 
when you do everything and humanly possible to try and make that your only priority. And I'm looking ahead. I'm looking at NHL.com, and it doesn't look like he was injured at all or anything. At least not that I can see here. Maybe he was. Maybe somebody can correct us. But just still, how bad of an injury is it that you are 35 pounds overweight? And obviously, there was no injury because the Lightning weren't just like, hey, no problem. You yeah. lose that. Have a couple of quinoa salads. It'll go away. No problem. Just get you back on the bike. It'll be fine. Day one, you're gone. See ya. I'd be booking myself in for that fat freezing surgery they always advertise on Jasper <laughs> Ave. If you can grab it, <laughs> well, we can freeze it. I'd be like, quickly now, one of each. This reminds me of the NFL player Eddie Lacy who showed up to Green Bay camp and he was 45 pounds overweight. Was he like a center? No, or... he was a running back. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and they were just and they didn't waive him. They didn't trade him. They were like they put an incentive clause into his contract that he had to hit checkpoints for weight for the next like two months. And if he did that, he would still get his contract. He would still get to make the team and all that. Like this guy, just I don't know. Same summer workout program, I guess, as doctrine. But that reminds me, Ricky Williams uh, violated. I think it was the Dolphins' drug policy for smoking weed, and his comment was, "I forgot that I wasn't supposed to smoke weed, and then I smoked weed." <laughs> like that sounds like a guy who smoked that weed. Sounds exactly. <laughs> like that sounds that. like a guy who smoked weed. I think my favorite thing is now that I'm trying to find out if he was injured or anything like that on NHL.com. The two most recent news items. Attached to his name are videos from the Lightning website of him cooking fried rice and pancakes. <laughs> 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 Methinks I spy the problem, said the inspector. It's either that or somebody at NHL.com is doing the ultimate troll job in which I would respect you very much, sir or madame, because that is a <laughs> wonderful joke. Let's, uh, let's do our best and the worst of the week, boys. You never know. UConn Jack might be listening, and you know he cares so much about he's a structure. stickler for rules. He's a pro, and we are not pros. Mm-hmm. Best and the worst of the week. Norm, we have to talk about something that we like and something that we don't like. And it you know, <laughs> doesn't have to be the week because we've never met you before, and you're a great guy. You can go all the way back to your birth and say, here's one thing I like. Here's one thing I don't like. We'll start with I like milk, being born. And then we'll come to you. Yeah, I like being born. That's good. <laughs> that was a good day. Milk, what do you got? Best and the worst. How can I not have my best of the week be the pictures that came out of Connor's GQ shoot? The gifs, tussling the hair, pulling the jacket. He looks like Biebs. He does that like one Biebs, Biebs face. He does. He does that thing where he like arches his eyebrows like, am I sad? I don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. And those are good pictures, man. Most people do them a lot on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's your best. Best of the week. How can I not be Connor McDavid's GQ pictures? Chalmers, best of the week. Uh, my best of the week is, and then off the board, but all the rookie QBs in the NBA and oh, the NFL. The love of God. I'm sorry. I know you hate it, <laughs> but it's the rookie QBs. So Ugh. first, Sam Darnold looks really good for the Jets. Baker Mayfield took over on Thursday and led him to their first win in 80 games. The Jets no, had not won 80 a game games. In... Sorry. No, I don't know why. Since 2016. Since 2016. He led him won to... a game. Right. Yeah. The so, Jets hadn't won a game since 2016. In two seasons, they'd only tied. Shit. Yeah. Well, remember, <laughs> how we, remember how we talked about how bad they were? I don't know their exact stats, but anyways, uh, yeah. they won their first game I forget yours. in I don't a long, long time. Sorry, I know, and I don't sorry. have it here. But he did. He came out, and he looks like Good a legit him. QB. Good Josh Allen this weekend. The Buffalo Bills were a 17-point underdog to the Minnesota Vikings, and they, at half, were up 21 nothing. They ended up winning 27-6. Uh-oh. Yeah, and he ran in two scores, threw for another. The guy's legit. Uh, and then there's my Arizona Cardinals guy, Josh Rosen, came in in the fourth quarter to shit all over the football and lose the game. So, 
Well, that's football for you, yeah. I suppose. And if a, uh-huh. rookie quarterbacks, that's my good. Norm, what do you like? I'm going to be a little greedy and do two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to yeah. continue the football You're theme. Yes. Oh, for God's All right. Sakes. Thank God. Uh, but CFL wise, okay, oh. even worse. Uh, the, the, the lineup. <laughs> no, no, this is great. <laughs> the Great Cup. Did you see the concert lineup? Oh, it's like Trooper, Loverboy. Like, it's classic rock. Like, I'm an old rocker. Right. The, so the concert for the CFL Great Cup week is amazing. Where is the Great Cup this year? Edmonton. Oh! Hot <laughs> shit! <laughs> Charles, I could give a fuck. No, I could play a CFL game in here, and I would find a way not to watch it. No, I know. That's it's cool. just well, so funny. Right. Well, and then the other one is, um, so I, I honestly believe that some of our, our media and our fans are a little too hard on New Orleans. I'm glad they're going to Europe. And I'm glad they're going to play in Germany. That should help Dreisaitl and get rid of his bitch face. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, He'll look like every other German over there. I think he's there. just German. I don't actually think he's grumpy. I think he's just German. Yeah, he is. I mean, that's fine. And I really and then, like the post. Sorry, there's a post and, of the guy that's going to rep the nation gear. That's cool. Yeah. And then uh, the, I think they'll have fun. I think that'll help on the chemistry. Sure. You put all these guys, they're going to Europe, they're going to Sweden, they're going to have a great time, and they're going to come back. They're going to be trying weird German foods or whatever yeah, all yeah. together. They're in the dorms. They're doing weird the thing. Weird German girls. Dorms slash nice yeah. hotels. <laughs> Listen to some ABBA over in Sweden. Oh, for sure. For sure. Dan's going. He's going over to keep an eye on things for the nation. They're a dancing queen. There. Oh, yeah. I don't think you've been to Germany anytime soon. It's like, would you like Pizza Hut or Starbucks? Oh, what a photo culture shop. But they're right in the middle of Oktoberfest. They're just going to be drunk. Unbelievable. Oh, that's a good place to get them to start their season. Yeah, yeah. Oktoberfest. Yeah, yeah. Give them some sausages. Mm-hmm. Wanye, what's my your best, best of the week? week? I swear it's my boy Ty Ratty. I went to that game. Yeah. I, I think he had four points or three points bag milk. He had five points in the game. You oh, were five. At. Sorry. Yes, I was thinking. Yes, he had. You're five getting points. a beer during one. And then they interview him after the game <laughs> on the ice, and they go something like, "How do you think that went with your contribution?" And he like basically started laughing. He's like, "I'm, I'm alive." on the ice with Connor McDavid, who is otherworldly, and perhaps you've met the Nuge, who's the other number one pick. I just hope my boy Tyratty stays on that line and collects everything that will come to him in life. I like he that he's great. He can bag milk, as best goalie. Why shouldn't he? That's how good he could have of a year. He's dedicated. He's nice. grateful. I think I like how he's grateful. He's grateful to play with Connor. He knows what kind of opportunity is there, and he's going to grab it by the balls. It's like being the shittiest Jackson in the Jackson 5. Mm. And they're like, would you like to go on tour with Michael and Tito and Randy and Jermaine? You're the other one, Edward. Edward Jackson, who I assume <laughs> is a Jackson. That's who Ty Ratty gets to be this year. Shout out to Tito for getting the bump up the list there. He's not bad. He still surprised you. <laughs> Worst of the week, bag milk, what do you got? Boys, I'm going to turn my laptop around and show you the new Philadelphia Flyers mascot oh. named Gritty. What Jeez, is that the thing? The, the, it's, <laughs> One of the Sesame Street characters has been doing crystal meth. That's exactly. what I was going to say. He looked like, as Dan put a picture up on Hockey Fight's Instagram, he looks like Yuppie, the Expos mascot, has been doing meth for the last decade. His eyes are literally bloodshot. Yes. With bags around him. His so I is... think that sets the tone for the Broad Street Bullies. I think they're going back. <laughs> they're coming back. 70 style. That is big yeah. hipster beard. Like yeah. they, they stole Thornton's beard. That's right. If you found out that the concept for Gritty (laughs) was drawn on a prison wall in human feces, you would not be surprised. Can we make his eyes 8% buggy out of your ear? Seriously. That's going to scare children. Nobody's going to hug him. I thought that Hunter had terrifying soul-sucking eyes. I love Hunter now. I talk on all all his Instagram photos and he never replies. But I think that that's even scarier than Hunter eyes. If there's a guy from Philadelphia inside, he's probably going to stink like B.O. So he's not going to want to hug that. How many kids are going to see that and cry? How many kids are going to so go up? the reason to... we can't have clowns at Halloween anymore. What? Because I'm... we messed up clowns. Now we messed up mascots. 
What I'm worried about are the kids that actually go up to Gritty and want to hug him. Those are the kids you have to be worried about. True. <laughs> I'm not scared by this. Not Shoot one up bit. the next school in the U.S. Yeah. Chalmers, what do you got, buddy? <laughs> oh, my worst of the weekend? Worst of the week. Oh, what do you got? shit. Okay, just one second. I had my phone open and everything. You got one? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I do. Gritty, uh, Chalmers is asleep at the switch. Sorry. Right, You're so, my worst of the week. Like, Gritty got to me. It's I know. True. It's scary. It's scary. Miko Koskinen. Oh, you stole mine. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Okay, Wait, what about him? Everything yeah. <laughs> that he can't save a puck. Uh, you know, I'm I'm hoping Talbot stays healthy. Uh, I think uh, if if he's healthy, we're good. If he's not healthy, we're fucked. Yeah, cut and dried. Like we have no other. Ba- what about Al Montoya? <laughs> Said Al Montoya only. <laughs> Al Montoya. Why is he even here? Get out of here, Al. Mm-hmm. You came in last year. You look like well, that's not nice. He was the answer. We've burned through a lot of goalies in fairness oh, over yeah. the years, for sure. Mm-hmm. Chalmers, you got okay. Now? You yes. come back to the table with something to participate. I do. This article that I read, which the headline is Edmonton Daycare asks parents to bring helmets for the playground. In this article, a daycare. <laughs> oh, it's just fucking unbelievable. Unbelievable. Go on, go on. In this article, Marcia <laughs> Ballisto, who runs the Cambridge Daycare. Says this is her quote: "We would like to provide, we would like parents to provide helmets for their kids because one child was on a bike, another child was pushing the bike." Bellisto said, "Guess who got hurt? Not the child on the bike, but the child behind the bike who tripped and fell behind the bike." So we are now. She and in this article, it talks about how kids are running and then they run into each other, and so that they should have helmets because their heads knock. So she's trying to keep kids safe. By making them play in playgrounds with helmets. Chalmers, you have kids. Would you ever let your kid go Not to school? Not a though? fucking chance. And here's the thing. What if one kid has a helmet on and the other one doesn't have the helmet on and they run into each other? And it's a lot of really bad questions. Not to mention, you have a bunch of kids running around a playground with helmets on. Where- I'd like to see my kid wearing one of those Gretzky Jofa buckets from like way back in the day. Where if does I- it end? Where does the helmet stop? What mm-hmm. if the kid so- is walking home and walks into somebody without a helmet? Whatever First of all, happened to if this is just a fittest. shocking daycare, to be honest with you. I'm investing in helmets because this shit's going to catch on with all these pussies on Facebook. And sooner or later, we're all going to be wearing helmets. I am investing in helmets. We're about to go peak helmet. I'm, I'm going to go yeah, full at- chain mail. Like what knights used to wear, that's where I'm going. Oh, that's smart. Mm-hmm. Then if you took like a buckshot to the shin, you'll be fine. That's right. <laughs> And if the Dark Knight decides to fight you in the field at I'm dawn, prepared. you're ready to go. This outdoor space at Cambridge Daycare is small, and Bellisto stresses that safety is our top priority. There are no ladders or monkey bars on the playground, and the ground is covered with a rubber mat. <laughs> like, this place, these kids are going to come out of there and not know how to deal with real-life situations where you could Do they have to wear a white hurt. jacket with the arms tight in the back? That's right. Yeah, seriously. They're on hamster balls. They're <laughs> just, like, grazing each other. I'm Recesses. sorry, but it's just, it's, it's just the culture. And I bet there's a graduation ceremony from this place. Oh, yeah, for sure. From the preschool. Yeah, yeah, you're four years old, yeah. and you're graduating. I'm yeah. champion. Recesses now, they just all sit and stare no, quietly at the wall. No, because she wouldn't. See, this, the type of person I want to make you wear helmets in there is going to give everybody the same grade they're all going to pass but it's not going to be a pass fail it's going to be a participated so everybody's yeah. so it's yeah because if much, you have a man. winner then that, that discriminates against all the other kids ruins their self-esteem and we then they got to go into government we can't have that we when i go down to mexico chalmers and round up all my illegitimate children who are numerous and i bring them <laughs> back up here they are going to kick the shit out of all these little uh, kids yeah, up here wearing time. helmets because yeah. my mexican fake children are not wearing helmets right now nope they're working in a coal mine yep. they're working very hard yep and they're getting thick calluses on their hands for punching and they're gonna have work ethic mm-hmm. 
toughness, run, run the perseverance. Roll joint. Remember when we talked about? <laughs> man, remember when we talked to the doctor about <laughs> grit? Yeah. Yeah. Grit, perseverance. We are breeding grit, right? Out of and you and, and, and not gritty either. The flyers. No, that's no, no, no way no, to get. He's terrified. But don't don't ruin your kids and let them play soccer. Because they're in Mexico. That's My a kids big are knife sport. fighting down there. They're All right, good, good. As long as they're out in the no, fields. No, no, yeah. Fine. No, no, they could Anyways. Never, they couldn't put together. So that's my worst for the weekend. That daycare should be shut down. It's unsafe. Here's my worst. And at this point, it's just a rumor, Bag Milk. It's not actually... I don't know this to be true. And this is first world problems of the highest order. And I will grant you right off the bat, this is a bit bourgeois. But I got a text from my buddy mm-hmm. who sits in the loge with us all the time. Because they're his seats and he lets us go. And I've seen them. They're very nice. Probably listening. Mm-hmm. And I like to go in the loge because I feel like the GM and I get to get on my phone and make a trade with Boston. And he texted me from the game and he said, did you see that chicken tenders, and there's 12 of them, was $26 last <gasps> year. What? $26 for chicken tenders. It's $52 now. <laughs> For chicken tenders in the fucking loge. Now, again, first world problems and like whatever, but that's a lot of money for chicken tenders. Those chicken tenders better be fucking gold when they get to me. I just, I honestly have nothing to say about this. So I could order two beers, 26, and chicken tenders, (laughs) $92 for chicken tenders and two beers. Plus, you're sitting in the loge, so you sold an arm to get there. You can get a box suite at at a, a Panthers game. For $52. It might, you might be better off taking your loge money and renting a G5 plane, <laughs> becoming a fan of the Panthers, flying direct, landing on the tarmac beside the arena. 56 for, for $1,200, you can do a family reunion at their game and get the whole section to yourself. For real? Good Lord. Because there's 82 sections that aren't sold yet. Did you see their game? 700 people? Unbelievable. 900, I think, was the announced. For, that was one of the split wow. squad game. The yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. Oh, no, 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 I know. The Oilers would still have 10,000. The loge, oh, yeah. for sure they would. The and again, nobody cares about your problems, Wanye. The loge is dying because last year they stopped serving that roast beef sandwich I became so accustomed to, and it was very delicious. And okay, they would get a the lot squire. of kids, exactly. Oh, fancy! But mark my words, if the loge keeps up, they're going to have nobody sitting in there. So is this just gonna the have loge? To, yeah. They're going to so, have to redevelop the loge if they don't watch what they're doing. I heard that that big bar in the loge they have, like the restaurant there that you can mm-hmm. get to, they have to redo it completely into a sports bar too. Like it's not going well. So can you not just go down one level and grab $23 or $26? Chalmers, I'm sitting in the loge. Time is obviously money and I don't have time to walk down a flight of stairs and spend one third on the chicken. There is an elevator. Huh. Wow. Gentlemen, that's it. Norm, I'm sorry you had to be here for such a difficult day <laughs> with the fucking chicken tenders and the dry sidle shitting on Connor getting in GQ. But that's it for this week. Real Life Podcast. Thanks, Thanks for having everybody. me. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.